This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Christmas, everyone, and a happy holidays and a happy new year to all of you beautiful, wonderful listeners out there listening to Chapter Tactics on this fine Christmas day or night or day after Christmas or wherever you might be listening. Welcome to Chapter Tactics, your 40k podcast, which focuses on playing warmer 40k competitively at all levels of the game. This is our special Christmas episode, and with me, I had to bring the two specialists on snow and cheer our two wonderful canadians peter the falcon and val heffelfinger it's a triple x heffelmess merry christmas Uh, so if you don't know the caca was peter Mm -hmm. on his fancy new audio setup that his loving loving wife got him so if you're wondering why he sounds extra sexy that's why an early christmas gift for the christmas episode it's uh, it's like kismet. Perhaps it was a American Thanksgiving gift. Mm, yeah, because we don't celebrate Thanksgiving in Canada, as we've already discussed. As we've, as we've learned. <laughs> Although you are you are intimately close to Santa's workshop, where you are. Uh, it, any, it is any true. signs? Any signs of action there? I mean, you are in a control tower near the Arctic Circle, so. Well, I have seen strange lights. I've had to file a couple what we call service reports uh-huh. about it, but mm-hmm. um, not quite sure yet. The younger listeners are sitting on the edges of their seats right now. Mm. And also some of the older listeners who we need to maybe have a private chat with. <laughs> so if, if Santa flies over the airport, is that does that count like a drone thing? Do they shut down the whole airport and then chase him down with, with anti-drone weaponry? It really all depends on if he calls it in. Uh, like he's supposed to, uh, he, as long as he stays more than 5,000 feet above my airport, I really don't care. But if he wants <laughs> to get a little bit lower, he does need to uh, call me up on the radio and let me know that uh, he's entering my control zone so that I can make sure no aircraft are in the way. You, you know, good old Santa Claus sounds like a real responsible guy. I imagine he will call it in. I'm probably sure he calls follows proper air, he, air traffic rules. He, he, he probably, he probably knows just, his manual. He probably just hollers it in. Uh, it's yell, quite yells it down at you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we've got a light-packed episode today. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the community of 40K because, because to me, I was always raised that Christmas is about family and community and capitalism. Mm-hmm. So those are the three that. things we're going to talk about today. Uh, also, uh, I'm going to announce a giveaway. I'm going to announce it right now, and then at the end of the episode, Go on, I'm going to tell you guys how you guys can win a customized, not within reason, 25 millimeter to 32 millimeter model painted by our studio and converted by our studio, uh, tailored to however you like it. Whatever paint job, paint that. scheme, um, within reason. Everything, of course, is within reason and also within budget. I am not a man made of money, uh, though I do have resources. And our one lucky chapter tactics listener will receive a model, a uh, character model painted for them by our studio. Uh, probably sometime late January, um, but I will announce it January first. So um, Whoa, stick around to the end of the episode. Super sexual. I'm really impressed, Pablo. How uh, how soon and how do people enter for this? Uh, so you're gonna want to enter as soon as you listen to this episode, and then it's going to end on the first of January. So as soon as soon as the ball hits the the ground or wherever whatever it hits and blows up, that's your absolute last chance to sign up for it. And I will sh- tell you how to sign up for this at the end of the episode. So you okay. just have to listen to all the 
sentimental mumbo jumbo community stuff. We should before... use a we should use a secret word that we say at the end of the episode so that people oh. have to listen to it. I like that. In That's order a really to good episode or a really good a really good idea, Val. Uh, we're going to do that. That's how we do so. things in Canada. That's how you vote in Canada. Yeah. Now we're cooking <laughs> with steam. At the end at the end of the episode, I'll, I'll go ahead and announce that that secret phrase, uh, and then um, and then from we'll go on from there. All right. So, first things first, I would just like to say thank you so much to all of you Chapter Tactics listeners. Uh, there are literally thousands of you listening every week uh, from all over the world to the almost 300 consistent listeners in Sweden, to the almost 1,000 listeners in the UK, the 300 listeners in Australia, and then the one single person listening in, oh, in Colombia. Pablo, you missed, a, you missed a demographic pretty close to our hearts here. Uh, also, all of you 400 plus, uh, more than that, usually 500 plus Canadian listeners as well. Oh, wow, we're, we're 10%? So it's, it's quite a bit. It's, there, there are, I, I'm consistently humbled by how many people listen to me on the daily. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I generally don't try to shoot for numbers and not a numbers guy. Um, this isn't like a career for me, you know, like some of the other people who've made careers who we'll talk about in the episode too. Um, you know, so I, I don't, I don't push for it. And a lot of you guys listening, you know, just listen just because, because you, you like listening to me. Like, it's not like, you know, I don't put into this. I don't treat this like a real job. This is more like mm. a hobby for me or a fun thing. Um, and so everyone who listens to me, I just, I just really get a warm, fuzzy feeling because you're coming and, and um, you're just listening to a guy who, who's just talking about a game he loves. So, um, although I know we're all listening to Pablo, uh, some of you guys are also listening to us and, uh, I have to say that it's super cool to me because I used to do theater. Like, so I actually have a theater background. It was my, that was my actual university degrees in theater. And I think every episode is bigger, like it's a bigger audience than any, like all, every production, every single thing that I rehearsed and performed for is a bigger audience with each one of these podcasts, which is crazy. If you know what I'm saying. So I'm just learning now that people actually listen to this podcast. There's a few. <laughs> there's a few. Um, but it, I don't know. I just find that really humbling that, you know, so many people, A, care enough about this game to listen to podcasts about it, and that they also listen to us week in, week out as we fumble our way through this crazy meta we are existing in. We're also not very good either, with the exception of Jeff and Sean, who are out of the uh, out of the episode. <laughs> so <laughs> this is a sentimental episode, so yeah. We're actually terrible at the game, which also helps the cause. Yeah. I think that it makes people people connect with us more, right? Like the the everyday the everyday Joe, they like to hear about our toils and troubles. It's about relatability. Mm. It's about playing competitively at all levels of the game. That's yes, true, especially the lower levels, <laughs> mid levels, ish. Val, mid, like, mid as a guy that records lower. all of the uh, the data from every tournament, um, I have a lot of recorded data for you, and let's just let's go at least mid to, to low tier. Okay, look, 2018 was brutal, okay? Before your time, sir, it wasn't quite <laughs> as awful. I had a decent run in the first half of 8th edition. I just haven't had time. I, I'll be, I will be 100% honest. Uh, I would love to, to play a game a day if I could. Um, but when I do play, I usually end up being pretty proud of myself, uh, unless I play a Maliceptor. And you know, <laughs> one time that was not my my shining moment of the year. Was that the last game you played this year? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. The last game I played this year was actually a week ago. Uh, so uh, yeah. And if and I could I, get a game I, a weekend, I'd I'd be a very happy camper. But as I always argue with my sweet sweet wife, um, her opening offer for how many games I get to play is zero. And mine is always, so we have to negotiate somewhere in the middle there. Mm -hmm. Like I would play, I would play off the twenty four seven if I could. Well, as someone you know, that lives in the Arctic, my uh, options for playing games are are very low. So uh, if I can get a game in every two weeks, I'm pretty excited about my life. So you, you know, Peter, there's there's a guy up there that has a huge model collection, and he's got you know a, the probably the largest paint studio in the world. <laughs> Uh, 
So you, you know, I mean, you only have to travel like like maybe just take a polar bear ride up, maybe twenty miles, <laughs> get bundled up, uh, and then he's there. You know, he's he's a pretty jolly old guy. Bob, you know how cold got... it was here today. Just so I can give you some. Oh God, I'm I'm American, and I'm also I, I'm not only American, but I'm also San Diegan, yeah. Southern Californian. So you you have to forgive me when I get this number completely wrong. Take a guess. Um, and it's also going to be in Fahrenheit, not Celsius. Negative uh, thirty. In wow. Fahrenheit, you're pretty close. It was minus twenty two today in Fahrenheit. Oh wow. I, Fahrenheit. I just, I just went with a completely. Off the wall, you know, like the the biggest number. I can't imagine anything colder than that. Next month, it'll be in the minus 40s for me. So we'll be living the dream. I mean, you'd think minis would be tremendously popular in that kind of a climate. (laughs) I was shocked and appalled that anybody played up here when I moved up here. So the fact that I can get games in and with some really awesome guys. Anyway, we're like way off track on an episode where we didn't even have one. So let's uh... maybe... (laughs) So that's a perfect segue. That is a lovely Uh, Christmas sentiment. (laughs) That that is actually a perfect segue into uh, what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about the aspects of the 40K community um, for which we are thankful, for which uh, we should thank for them putting us in the position where we are now. Uh, For example, Frontline Gaming, uh, Reese and Frankie took me under their wing, took a a little, little Mexican boy. Uh, who's working a nine to five job at SeaWorld? Um, took him under his wing and uh, taught him how to how to wrap boxes, tape them up, and take orders uh, and customer service stuff. I kind of knew a little bit of that, uh, but the point is, is that Reese and Frankie they they gave me a shot, um, and I just want to say that everyone, not only not only them, but everyone who supports Frontline Gaming, uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, I see this as a real career opportunity that I can take and project forward. Uh, and if you've ever even been on Frontline Gaming's website, uh, you support us in one way or another. And that in turn gives a small fraction of what you've donated and, and puts it towards like my daughter's future and towards my future, my family's future. Um, and so thank you so much, uh, not only to Frontline Gaming, but all the people who support Frontline Gaming, um, because you definitely did change my life. Um and I, I would not be here talking to you guys if it wasn't for Frontline Gaming. So, you Frontline Gamingites. We never named our Frontline Gaming pe- viewers, listeners, consumers. We, we never named you guys once. Um, but F-O-G's. thank you, everyone. Yeah. Oh, this is your turn, Val was, and Hef. Was, oh, Val and Hef. All right, Val well, and Hef. I'll speak and, on behalf And the Falcon. And the Falcon. Um, okay, well, if we're being sentimental, I think it's super cool to be able to be on podcasts, and like, I don't know, um, I do never take for granted the fact that the number one thing about podcasting is showing up every week. I cannot just, by my very nature, ever commit to being able to do that myself, so I rely on the kindness of podcast hosts like yourself, Pablo, to, uh, to invite me on from time to time, or even be a full co-host, so it is so awesome to be on a show like this. Um... And yeah, be able to talk about one of my favorite things to talk about. And uh, it's kind of silly, and I find it really mind-blowing that uh, so many people are interested in this, and that there's a subculture that I get to be a part of, and it's, it's, it's really cool in that way. So yeah, Merry Christmas, guys. This is always, always a real gift to be able to do this. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, I guess... Uh, <laughs> I'm just really thankful that that this community exists. I it's been I've been playing this game now for I don't know 11 or 12 years, something like that. Um and uh, the I like I said this on the the Thanksgiving special, but who knows. Um I have never uh taken part in a hobby or anything like that with such a um passionate community wherein like I I honestly have maybe met one to two assholes. Um, 
and that's you know with hundreds and hundreds of games played, thousands of games probably at this point over ten years. Somehow um, they're both on this podcast, and that somehow, <laughs> somehow they both managed to be in the same place at the same time. But um, yeah, like and like I've I've been through some hard times. I've been through some great times. And the one thing I'll say is that the people I've played with, the people that uh, that I've got to know through this game, were the ones that were always there and knew what to do. And it was it's such a weird thing to think about, but. Like that, a game like this would would do that, but um, yeah, like my best friends are the guys that pl- I play this game with, um, and then the people that I've met uh, when I went to SoCal through this podcast, the random guys that email me every couple of days to ask about stats, like they just all seem to be such genuinely good people that want to help and make this game grow, and uh, yeah, we couldn't we couldn't do stuff like this without you, so yeah, and. And, uh, you know, I, I, I started off the episode thanking you guys, listeners, um, but I think it's important to emphasize how, how, how you know, this online community changes lives. Um, and so if you if you're, um, you know, I know a lot of people have messaged me asking about a Patreon um, to support Chapter Tactics. And I, I, I'm going to be honest, I still don't know if I, I want to do a Patreon. Um, I, I know a lot of you guys were like, yeah, take my money. Like, we want to help you. We love you. Um, maybe not that last bit, but the point is that I don't know if that's going to happen, but if you are, if you are a member of this 40 K community, uh, there are hundreds of communities you can, you can give your support to and donate to uh, if you have money. Um, you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there that take Patreons or subscriptions of any kind. Um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to go into a whole lot of names, um, cause there, there are tons of them and, and I, I, I am familiar with so many community leaders that have podcasts and do the same thing every week or, or monthly or, or by or whatever, whatever their schedules are. Um, but they are consistently trying to bring you guys the best content that they can while also, uh, tackling or, or balancing day jobs and families. Um, you know, and then that, that takes a lot of work. Uh, so if you could, you know, give a Christmas gift out for me. This is, this is for me. Uh, if you guys um, are someone who wants to donate to chapter tactics and you can't, because I don't have a Patreon, you know, maybe take that donation just for this month to a podcast that you haven't, haven't patron been a patron to, or um, maybe mini Wargaming You want to subscribe to them for a month or, or the long war or uh, you know, wherever, wherever you might be big or small, um, just send a donation out this month. Um, just just as a Christmas present to those guys, because uh, all of those community leaders are the people who push this community forward. Um, and I would say that they are a big part uh, for why we have such an amazing game that we do now have today. Right. If you look at seventh, where 7th edition was and where 8th edition is now, I, I would say that we're very, very lucky um, to have GW come back into 40k and change the game the way they have uh and i would say that there is a a large part of that is because of community leaders um uh you know like the everyone all the play testers all the tournament organizers just the the people who who've taken the time out of their lives to give back to the community in one way or another um so you know if you if you're maybe looking into into uh donating or if you want to give a little bit back just do that for me Or you can send Val a, a a cookie. Yeah, I like cookies. Um. Anyways, uh, mo- I guess um, going on from that, uh, Val and Peter. Mm. So I I was thinking a lot about Christmas, right? And so we talked about the community stuff, but I was also thinking, you know, I was I was kind of a, I don't want to say selfish, but I was definitely I was definitely very picky this year for Christmas. I I went out and bought myself some things and put them under the tree because I was like, you know what? I just want very specific gifts under my tree that I know I put in there. Uh, uh, and of course, my family, I'm sure they got me stuff. Hopefully they did. I, You know, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how much they love me. Um, joking. They're, they're in the room right now, so. Oh, I see. <laughs> I, don't, I don't judge their love based on the presents I get. I love I love picturing your family just sort of huddled in a corner whenever you're recording the show, just like just just sort of like as the captive audience of champ, chapter tactics. <laughs> just not a lot, not a lot to move or speak. Just just sort of hanging out. The the silent live studio audience. <laughs> no, this isn't this isn't friends. There's no there's no laugh track. No, there's definitely not a laugh track. <laughs> uh, but um, what are 
what are some things that you guys want uh, for Christmas? So imagine there's like a GW Papa Santa Calgar. You right? mean and, Father and, Christmas? Fa- uh, Fa- Father Christmas Calgar? Fa- Father Calgar. We'll call him Father Calgar. Whoa. And he's sitting on his giant McCrag throne. <laughs> you know, power fists on there, looking down at you, a big smile on his face, warm, and, and offers you to sit on his lap. Good. Right. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. This is getting Whoa. weird. This, this is, is Santa Calgar here. Don't worry about it. Yeah. weird. Well, this is he's wearing power armor. Okay, so we're he's wearing power armor. It's it's all right. It's a nice, comfy spot for you to sit on his knee. <coughs> sit down I think on his knee. There's some fanfics well, that started this way. Well, citizen, what can <laughs> I get? What can I? What can I get for you? Right. What can I give to you for Christmas, Bob? This is this is a, a, a GW themed wish list. Yes. So Christmas, Christmas presents. So GW, Santa Calgars is is asking you what you want for for GW Christmas right now. What do you guys ask for? I know what I'd ask for. Well, Val, tell tell the tell the loving public what you want. I'd ask for uh, the playtesters, who also happen to be some of the biggest TOs on the planet, to uh, unite the clans and create a competitive pack for Warhammer Forty K. Hmm, that's what that I is. Ask. That is way less selfish than what I was thinking. <laughs> way less selfish. I would love, I would love so very deeply if there was an official and good um, competitive play pack that includes all of the stuff that really Frontline leads the charge on. That includes a code of conduct. That includes everything. You know, like good missions that are uh, multi-dimensional, not just Eternal War. You know, things that, you know, the competitive community have come to expect um, that is done from an official source so that all, you know, areas of, of the competitive 40K world would be willing to accept it as, like, the way to play. And uh, then we'd have we'd have one rule set, which would be really super cool. So, yeah, that'd be my biggest wish. Well, God damn it. Val. Mm. What about that- you, Falcone? Well, okay. Well, I don't even know what to say now because that's kind of what I want. The more you talked about it, the more I was like, this is the one thing I wanted. But, I mean, GW is not going to do that. Of course they so, are. So, GW won't do that. I GW has to balance their life. They have to balance their competitive versus their casual play. Yeah. But um, Santa I, Calgar is capable of anything, Falcon. She, you just have to believe. I don't know. I don't Look, know. He I believe, almost you know. died becoming a Primaris Marine like, like a chump. <sighs> If I it did. had been Dante, that would, he would have just like gotten up and gone and killed some more Tyranids. But, so, but before before you go into your wishes, let me just let me just let you in on a little bit of Christmas magic miracle that happened to me a couple years ago. You see, when I first started playing 40k, I loved Calgar. I was like, you know what, Calgar's my boy. Then I started reading about this 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 Primarch, this Primogenitor, you know, Guillemin Robute Guillemin. I didn't know how to pronounce his name back then. I called him Guillemin. Nobody knew and I was how to like, oh my god, back then. This this Primarch is is awesome. And I read all the 30k books on him, every book I possibly could. And I was like, you know what, uh, Calgar and Gaiman are my boys, but one of them's missing. I can't play with one of them, and I can't afford these really really expensive Forge World miniatures. So uh, I I you know Forge sat on China. Calgar's lap one year. And I was like, Mister Santa Calgar, can you please bring back your father, Mister Mister Rubute Gaiman? He said, Well, son, Pablo, Petey Pob, maybe we'll make that happen. One month later at Delvio, guess who got announced? Boom. Boom. Some Christmas miracle right there. So, Falcon, shoot for the stars. <laughs> okay, well, I would love, if we're going to go from a GW like selfish modeling perspective, I would <laughs> love for Constantine Valdor to come back in Ooh. 40K glory. Um, the recent short story I'm sorry, that was released. Uh, who's Constantine Valdor? Okay, Val, like, I had a modicum of respect for you, but <laughs> I don't know where that's gone. I'm a little a disappointed symbol. you do not know. Constantine Valdor was the greatest captain general that ever lived. He was uh, the first and greatest of custodies. He, had oh. the em- he owned the Emperor's Spear, one of the two, the other one being uh, the Spear of Russ. So that is not the 
Emperor's Spear. If there's oh, it two. is. There was, he made two. It's and... a Emperor's Spear. Okay, sorry. I apologize. <laughs> anyway, there was a recent short story that seems to indicate that uh, he and Russ are out together sm- smashing things. So I kind of want, would love to get a Constantine Baldor 40K release. I would, I, it would just be, I would be through the moon about that. Uh because he's just such an incredible. Is he the badass uh, Forge World model that? I'm yes, like, yes, I, which I had uh, Frontline uh, paint for me, and they did such an awesome job, and it sits on a, on my shelf lovingly. Um, oh, cool. But uh, I I would really love for them to come up with 40k rules for him, have him come back. I would love this uh, promised Custodes Forge World Codex to come out. Um, sometime, anytime, it could be garbage, and I would still play it. Um. Like next, if they come out with that codex, I would play Sisters of Silence to try and become best in faction, and they could be the worst, absolute worst army, and I would still play pure Sisters of Silence at every tournament I went to, just, <laughs> just so you can because run that like hilarious like mole thing that they have, like the like shark shit. rhino. Yeah, I would a hundred percent run that all day every day. So Wait, dumb. there's a shark rhino. It's I don't know like it's so hard to describe it, it it's it's a really cool it looks like a really it looks like, uh, like a 19th, termite drill but with like a giant shark fin it's like a nineteen um, thirties like metropolis sci fi style yeah like that's a good way to describe hold it. hold on let me just update my Papa Calgar Christmas list <laughs> it's cool as hell uh, it is and I would uh, I would love I would love it like if I could play Custodes and Sisters of Silence all day I mean right now Chapter Proved has got me uh, quite the hard on for Death Watch and that's what I've been painting is but, it really uh, the Karen Pattern Accelerator the yes, Acquisitor this thing is awesome is yes. that cool yeah I've I may have ordered one for from Forge World to, uh, just because anyway so that's my selfishness uh, <laughs> that aside what I would love from the community would be just shut up (laughs) get out of here uh no i would really love um if we could get the ball fully rolling on on um on just recording everything like all of these tournaments that are done pen and paper um and then like results posted to facebook by the way guys you didn't see it but he did the the air quotes like rabbit ears tournaments (laughs) Paper. <laughs> all of these like but like we have so bcp called. we have down under pairings we have tourney keeper all these places that record data we have people that just don't they just uh, i don't know they do it on an abacus at uh, their local <laughs> game store um no no like, no they, they record it on the uh, in the sand on a beach so yeah, possible. no in the snow val in the um, snow yes in snow bang and the one th- and i would just love if we could all get together because like these guys that run tourney keeper and uh down under pairings and bcp they're all awesome guys i want them all to get together make one kind of like unified great beast that we could use worldwide to collect tournament data and just so that we we i can feel like we're more legitimate like if we can get a better picture of where the game is going and I don't have to do, you know, hours of work uh, like <laughs> combing through Facebook messages from like uh, Guillermo Padarno in Colombia who had a 30 man tournament that he didn't want to tell anybody about. Um, that would be beautiful. Um, Hold on. There was a Colombian 30 man tournament. No, there wasn't. Oh, oh I'm lying. But uh, I've, there's there was this uh, 31 was player one. tournament in Scotland that I'm hoping to get data for. But What's the name apparently of it? they they uh, did it all in like a notebook. Or, who is it? Or, who who ran that? What's it called? Uh, you can t- you can talk to your friends in the county. Is, is, is this Ennis's fault? No, but it should be Ennis's fault because I mean that guy. Anyway. No, that would be a thing. I think I would right now. BCP I think is on the right track with their like stats recording that they're going to be doing for LVO, and I would love if we could just get everybody on the same page. Because if you look at down under pairings, the way that they record lists is so beautiful. Uh, but not everybody lives in Australia, so anyway. That's interesting. You should tell the PTBs, aka the powers that be, about why that's so beautiful. What they choose to do. Uh, it's what is it that they do? It's they somehow have managed to make every single person that runs a that goes to that tournament put their list in exactly the same format. So I don't know. It's it's Australia, so it's it's quite possible just threats of violence. Um, (laughs) But anyway, we could I could talk for for days and days about what I what I feel that way. I would just love it if we can get like Val said a competitive booklet for everyone that everyone loves and runs. 
and then get our our uh, collective crap together on recording this data. I think we can go such a long way. Such a long way. It's wild. Like a year ago, Pablo, actually, almost exactly a year ago, we were episode 55-ish. And we were doing um, my my furtive early attempts at parsing the BCP data because they gave it to us for some reason. And it was like <laughs> looking at 40K in a way that no one had ever looked at it before. It was wild. An episode that inspired me and got me to actually uh, no, start it listening didn't. to Chapter Tactics regularly. It was like the second episode of Chapter Tactics I ever listened to. So No, it didn't. Yeah. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Regardless, I thought it was super cool. And I um, did. I'm not lying. It was also well, the first time I ever heard the dulcet tones of uh, Val Heffelfinger and had to be like, there's no way someone's parent actually named them that. <laughs> but anyway. And that's correct. No parent actually named their child. Um <laughs> But anyway, I just like that was, I think, a moment where, you know, I think it was suddenly possible to, you know, steal from one of these aggregators all this data. And now Peter's taking that and run it to the nth degree. And it's actually doing the hard work of, of distilling it down into usable, actionable stats. And that is where, when, once you have like a bureau of statistics, you know, you have a credible game. <laughs> there is such thing as a meta now. Uh, whereas before it was just whatever you kind of felt it was. Now it's a measurable thing. And that's that's something that happened in one year. It also has nothing to do with Games Workshop. That is entirely community-driven. So it's not just BCP. <clears throat> it's it's the tournament organizers who are starting to enforce list submission, whether or not it's in an orderly fashion or not. And it's guys like Peter, who, well, basically just Peter, uh, who are then going in and... and dissecting that information and although peter's not the only one there's uh, for a lot of the major tournaments um people have gone through and and spreadsheeted all of the various factions and and unit selections and and things like that i know for atc someone had done that and uh, over on the aos side there's a guy who does something very similar to what peter does yeah and uh, like uh, warzone atlanta there was a person that put together all the faction stuff in advance um yeah, like there, there's a lot of people that really like or, and really want to see that aspect of the game, yeah. and um, it's a hundred percent community driven. So there's another yeah. thank you, and like just just that because it gives you something to to be able to actionably report on. Like we, we I, I mean, it's fun to just talk shit, but like when you have actual data, you don't have to. You can actually make educated guesses. And you can guess and and uh, discuss where things are going. Well, we've got to move from a place where it was just like whatever you felt was the way things go was the way things go, right? You could you would just get people online that would just be like Necrons are broken, but no explanation uh, other than like the three games they played against Necrons and got and got wrecked, um, like and that I know that's not something that anyone said in probably six months, but um, like the the game is is progressing and. We can go so much farther so quickly, I think, if we can get our collectives, like, if we can collate all of our powers in this global world, like, we could do such such beautiful things with this game. It's true. And it's truly global, too. I mean, that's another amazing thing. Like, um, and one thing that I find super cool when I, you know, lost my passport and my shoe, granted I was in a very large city, but I would have been very lonely and very scared. If it wasn't for the fact that there were all kinds of people willing to, to help me out while I was you know, lost in London and not sure if I was going to make it to the ETC and I fucked everything up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there were all kinds of people who commiserated with me and then continued to talk to me after they discovered that I'm just an idiot. And that is <laughs> that's really nice and um, uh, really cool. And I'm really thankful for that it's a global game. We've, we've made reference to tournaments in Brazil. We've made uh, I've got a friend in. Just the middle of the Pacific. I can't think of the name of the the island. Um, you know, that I talked about Facebook from on, on on occasion. I've got, you know, pals, uh, you know, all over Europe in Australia. Like just people who I chat with. In some cases, more than people I went to university and high school with. Yep. And it's all because of this game. That's wild. Pablo, what do you want? What you're the one that went on this creepy lap sitting <laughs> scenario. <laughs> And it's only creepy to... to you guys, okay? I it's it's every evening for me. That's not helping the situation <laughs> even a little bit. What do you want, pa- Pablo? What do you want? Well, uh, every every year 
I feel like I always ask myself for the same two things. Um, and this year is no different. Uh, the first thing I want is I want a legitimized professional competitive 40k. I want the whole shebang. I want the the uh, universal missions. I want the judge staff code of conduct super procedural packet uh, that makes Magic the Gathering such a great competitive professional game. I want the player contracts, the sponsors, everything. I, I want the whole shebang. Um, it doesn't even have to be ITC. If GW Tomorrow just decided they wanted to pick up the reins, start a whatever acronym fits best professional 40k circuit, I would be cool with that. I'd be like, okay, let's let's do this. This sounds amazing. That is exactly what I want. This is something I've wanted out of a game that I love forever, uh, right? And so, um, you know, when I joined 40k, that was kind of my primary mission. That's the reason why I wanted to go into frontline gaming. Uh, the reason why I started this podcast. The reason why I went to tournaments um, was because I felt like there was a real, you know, there was a real lack of competitive 40k going on and felt like it was a big hole in a game that I loved um you know and the cool thing is 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 you can still have that and also uh the hobby that people love too right and I think that as as the bridge you know the bridge gap closes between the hobbyists and the tournament players on uh, people are starting to realize that you can do both and that that's perfectly okay um you know I, I i see that dream coming to fruition a lot especially with the nova coverage this year the the lvo coverage is going to come out this next year which is going to be amazing um you know i'm just super pumped and that's something i want every year so uh something i'm always going to push forward to and um if gw were to rave you know wave a magic wand tomorrow and make it make it so i will be a very very happy pablo i just want to really underscore the Quite literally, that's what it would take. It would take essentially a manager somewhere in Games Workshop, probably the marketing de- department, to say, we're going to do this. And, you know, maybe commit, you know, one or two headcounts. Like, consider the fact that the ITC is run by, uh, you know, recent Frankie in their spare time. Um, and me. And Pablo. I don't know what you do, <laughs> Pablo. I thought you'd just sort of get yelled at. But That too. <laughs> but like for for in, in a very serious way, like uh, I remember back in in seventh edition, there was <clears throat> all these other games that we used to talk about things like War Machine and Infinity and other ones uh, that kind of popped up. There was actually a really cool sort of um, I don't know, like uh, alternative game scene for tabletop games that got a lot of coverage and traction and would be mentioned in passing and such. And I used to think like if Games Workshop wanted. They could just own this. They could turn it all off. They could just completely monopolize the entire scene, and then they did. They <laughs> they they, uh, they got their shit together. They uh, came up with a, a marketing strategy that worked, whether or not it was fully a strategy or not. But they you know committed to you know, returning to the internet. They committed to at least a modicum of game design community engagement, and all of that kind of stuff, and they just chose to engage and own the segment that was theirs to own. And now, if they want, with very little effort, they could do the same for a competitive tournament scene, which would also be a way in for new customers and new gamers. If you, look at how, if you look at how big, if you look how big board games are, if you look at how big many, like, you know, if we're a niche of a niche, it's probably board gaming, I guess. And like maybe some other weird hobbies, <laughs> um, but you know, like there's there's definitely a way in through the competitive game that you know they also provide through, you know, whether it's novels or just painting and and, and the the other the other ways that they they, they attract new customers because it does happen. We all we all didn't just figure this out when we were twelve. So anyway, that was a very long ramble to say that if Games Workshop was so inclined. Your dreams could come true. I think, uh, to to a certain extent, pretty easily. Oh yeah. Um, um, and I mean, you, you were using words like pro, but screw pro, just like official, you know, recognized tournaments with like some prize money or like recognition or just taking the ITC or that that circuit mentality. Those things that are already in place. There are probably at this point hundreds of of GTS that take place every single year that could be recognized and supported. Um, and um, 
and yeah, like the the just like they did when they when they turned on the community switch, which was essentially their their modus was you know, start giving podcasters free swag, and you're going to get more positive recognition. You're going to start taking advantage of influencers already present present in the community, and they're going to energize people to being keen about 40k. The the, the they, the narrative before they started doing that was toxic. It was how shitty is seventh edition, and then and then they started sending free stuff to podcasters. And AOS is a great game, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and you know things are are looking up for for Games Workshop games. Like they started engaging in the right ways. They could do the exact same thing for the competitive circuit. So maybe that's another wish. I, I think I, I think I, I think I back your wish, and also how <laughs> and how and how really easy it would be for them to do it. Yep, that's that's why we're talking to Mr. Uh, Mr. Santa Calgar over here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> number number two, the, the second thing I've been wishing for, uh, basically ever since I started reading the the fluff, um, and reading the books, and I've actually read a lot of books. Um, I've got like uh, I was going through my Black Library books, and I've got like over fifty books, um, that are all forty k themes. I was like, whoa, my gosh, it's crazy. Um, and I'm sure some people are like, fifty, Pablo, come on. As they sit on their throne of Black Library hardcover, limited edition, you know, Horus Heresy books, or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I realized that the reason why that's important to me is because I've invested a lot of time um, into reading about the lore and, and the characters um, and this grim, dark future um, that, you know, this game represents. And so when GW announced uh, Magnus the Red, the first Primarch in 40k, uh, Demon Primarch, um, which was kind of, kind of, it was a, it's a huge deal. I've never seen people get more excited over over this model that, um, you know, represented so much. It represented uh, GW recognizing that that Primarchs can be back in the game of 40k. Uh, it represented the future of 40k because if if you remember, um, 40k had been kind of stuck in in this snapshot in time um on the timeline um and then that was it right and so and so uh magnus kind of represented the idea of the 40k fluff continuing on and there actually being more story right uh and then guillemin came out and that was that was the whole end times deal or or the gathering storm books trilogy that was really cool uh, and then, you know, we got Mortarian, and Mortarian was, was announced over a year ago, back in October 2017. So it's been officially more more than a year since we've gotten our last Games Workshop Primark. Uh, we have gotten advancement in the fluff with the Primaris Marines and, and a lot of the Primaris Marine novels. So, so we are still getting new fluff and progressing the storyline. But I would love for GW to come back with all these Primark models and just bring every Primark back. Not just Primarchs, you know, and, you know, I know you Xenos players are probably crying foul. Like, listen, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind seeing some cool Necron characters come out, some Tyranid characters, maybe a Tau Inquisitor type dealio. I don't know, whatever, whatever it, GW wants to come with, but it, I want more awesome characters brought back into 40k that we can play be, with. I wouldn't be surprised if you get if you get that wish because now that the codexes are all released, like before eighth edition, they were clearly on like a like a splash release sort of schedule. So they had they had Magnus, and then they had the um, Triumvirate of the Imperium. They had the Triumvirate of the Eldar One. I don't know, I can't remember what that was called, um, but it looked like that was kind of the model. I just kind of assumed that was going to keep rolling. So I thought we were going to see one with like Gasgol and. Two other orc characters or whatever, so maybe maybe that's what we'll see. Maybe we'll start seeing some splash releases for each faction as time goes. Yeah, absolutely, and and it definitely it feels to me like like they had the triumvirate and they're like, okay, we're cool, uh, and they you know they're kind of like talking maybe talking about eighth edition, but then you know the community saw like, oh man, this is a terrible edition, like you know, and so it feels like maybe, and this is just complete guessing on my part, but maybe they expedited the release of 8th edition so maybe they had all this stuff planned right with the triumvirate and everything and then 8th edition came out and everyone's like oh crap you know we need to come out with 8th edition sooner like quick quick 8th edition 8th edition and so well i mean they you know released mortarian they they released the remaining models and then for the rest of that calendar year focused on 8th edition releases and so uh, some i feel like maybe the 
their model release schedule was put on pause a little bit could for 8th edition. I don't know. I, I, obviously, I could be completely 100% wrong. There's, um, a, um, there's a really cool podcast um, that GW is now doing. I don't know how many people even know about it right now, but it's called Voxcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an hour long. And the first episode, it's on YouTube, and, and you can download it wherever you download podcasts from, uh, was Jess Goodwin. And he's famous for you know a lot of Eldar sculpts, the Dark Eldar range, Imperial Knights. Um, like he's been around forever. Um, at Games Workshop and is uh, is is right up there with the people who have you know, put a, a shape and a face to this game. And uh, he was talking about how he's working about five years ahead. So this is something that he was talking about on the podcast. So like the, the sculpting team and the and the actual guys doing the the modeling part of the business are five years ahead and we know probably from the way chapter approved rolled out that rules are about six months ahead so <laughs> so they're much more reactive or six months behind maybe Sorry. but like well i mean what i mean by that is there's about a six month lag between when a rule yeah. is completed and when it is, it is actually released yeah yeah and we know that from chapter approved and how that all I, yeah and you're, out. you're pretty spot on about that i'd say yeah. just just by judging by what you saw in chapter approved yeah. And I think um, to to further that with the Jess Goodwin, like uh, I don't know how uh, how many listeners have been in this game for a long time, but like I remember way back when I first got into the game, because um, I got in full bore. Um, I would sit on like Warseer and Daka Daka and all these forums, and there were guys. There was one guy in particular. Uh, his name was I think it was Hastings on the Warseer forums, and he would release rumors of what was going to be released by G- by GW like a year or two in advance, and he was always dead on. <laughs> um, and it this was and he was mostly dealt with like sculpts and codexes, mm. but man, he would be like, yeah, you know, just want to let you know, there's probably going to be a Magnus sculpt released in uh, 2015 or whatever, and he'd be like 2011, and you'd be like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? <laughs> and then sure enough, like the date he listed it, bam, there's this model. Um, and by the time it comes so, out, everyone's already forgotten that he said that. Yeah, but he was just so accurate, and uh, yeah, so like, was like, he the guy who get who actually did he 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 uh, was he the guy who was talking about Primaris Marines Eighth Edition, all that kind of stuff, like two years out. I think he was because he was also the guy. I think he got in trouble because and and one of his accounts got banned because he released by, like the entire year schedule for GW releases a, like a year oh, in advance man. at one point. And he was pretty basically dead on uh, for all of them. So like he, I don't know. He must have if he had some kind of shipping deal with them or where he got his information. But like it was, it, he was like very rarely wrong. And if he was wrong, he was off by like a week. Would be yeah. what would happen. He would be like in August, you're going to see new Wood Elf Codex for uh, you know uh, Warhammer Fantasy Battle, and it would come out in in uh, September, and everybody would be like you were wrong. <laughs> you're like, well, <laughs> I remember I remember reading like just someone who called. Like all of eighth edition, like when we were in the middle of seventh, and or like just towards the dying days of seventh, and it was just like that's stupid, as if that's all going to happen. Yeah, and it was all absolutely correct. So uh, along that line, I was big into Warhammer Fantasy Battle, bigger than I was into 40k until Age of Sigmar was released. All right, cool. and when the end times were happening, um, everyone was super like into it. It, w- it was pretty crazy, but people were, I think, most people were pretty into it. All of a sudden, uh, the rumors start coming out for the next edition, and people, uh, all these guys are coming out with like ninth edition rumors, and they sounded super cool. And then there was this one guy who posted this long ass post in a, in like uh, in Warseer, and it was you know actually what's going to happen is they're going to move to more of a uh, like skirmishing type game like War Machine, and uh, everybody's going to die, but they're going to come back and. Uh, Carl Franz is going to end up being actually Sigmar, and he starts going on this like long, and everyone's like, "Who the remember, fuck is this guy talking about?" And, remember- and like people like trashed him. They're like, "You're an idiot. There's no way. Like you're just making all this shit up." And it was like word for word the Age of Sigmar uh, book, like the the actual like yeah. first rule book. He had just nailed it all, but it was so out there that everyone just thought he was an idiot. Um, the, so. the death of, eight, of of fantasy battles and the rise of age of, of Sigmar was just as I came back into like the Warhammer world, and so like I missed the end times. Yeah, and to me it was kind of funny. It was like they called it the end times, guys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what did you expect would happen? <laughs> what did you think was going on? Anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, so so back to back to my my Christmas wish, uh, more awesome, amazing characters for people to build armies around. Um, I understand that uh, as a balancing issue, um, if you release all of the Primarchs, um, living and missing and demonic, 
um, you know, there definitely there's definitely going to be a lot of balancing issues there. Uh, but just well, looking at the way the roles Guillaume and Mortarion and Magnus fit in the 40k universe, combined with chapter approved um, and a steady release schedule for non-Imperium and non-Chaos factions, I think I think we'll be okay. I think I think it'd be pretty cool to to see that 40k, and then that's the kind of 40k I want to happen. I'd say like like half the Primarchs being back would probably feel pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like be a little pretty little interest. I don't think. I mean, had them all. I mean, they're 30, all, you got they 30k. All come back. All. Like, you, you know, you, you obviously know. the, the, the a demon primarchs. Heads. <laughs> so, so you're right, but I, I just, I feel like at this point, GW could do whatever they want. They could just be like, they, like, oh, we've got, we've got Sanguinus's body somewhere. Averine can just work her little Eldar magic and then boom, Sanguinus is back. So, sure. You know. But I mean, I like that. I like that, that you is, think Sanguin- yeah. Sanguinius rhymes with penis. Sanguinous. 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 Sorry. Sanguinous. It's Excuse okay. Me. There's a bunch of Blood Angel players that are losing their goddamn minds, though. <laughs> yeah. That's like, like the that's, that's <laughs> Chris Morgan the most passionate, like, worst <laughs> fandom yeah. to, to make mad. I, I apologize, Blood Angels players. Please do not ask for my head on a pike. <laughs> I think that's kind of like that wish where, like, when you're a little kid, you're like, man, I wish I could have a whole tub of, of, of cookie dough. And then, like... And then maybe one day you're old enough to like just have a whole tub of cookie dough. And you're like, this was a bad idea. Yeah, because you're just like vomiting and uh, <laughs> it's, you know, salmonella poisoning. And you know what, Val? As someone who once had a whole cheesecake pie because of, because of that very same mentality, <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would lovingly like to tell you that you were wrong. <laughs> I have no regrets. No regrets. None. Hey, <laughs> yeah, I got one last one. I don't know when. I mean, we could probably keep going. I mean, I could probably have more than one, but I got one more. I here's a secret wish that I have. We've got what one more week until the FAQ errata comes from chapter approved, mm-hmm. and I know that your boss Reese has already said this won't happen, but I'm just going to throw this out in the universe. I hope that they they errata and FAQ the other half of Eighth Edition that came out after, um, basically they went to print in roughly June. So knights. Space Wolves, Orcs, uh, Dark Eldar, um, in in like an FAQ errata, four chapter approved next weekend. Wait, That's yeah, like so, he means like do point updates in an yeah. FAQ errata for those factions, so that we don't have to wait six more months to see so where that balance lands. Year. Don't, aren't oh, those actually, factions true, yeah, like? Yeah. Aren't those factions like good? No, you know, space wolves. Space wolves are good. Uh, space wolves. Imagine space wolves would be way better if they got the if they got the the independent character drops that everyone else did. Yeah, I think that's a shame, and I would love to see like uh, a couple changes to Drakari and uh, Imperial Knights. They don't yep, have to be sweeping nice. orcs. And okay, this is really what it's all about. It's all about the fact that the stomp is still not higher fifty pounds. And I try to create <laughs> a viral meme. Known as hashtag pray for Stampa, which didn't really take off, unfortunately. But hashtag <laughs> pray for Stampa. I've actually run it in a game. It's, and... it's because in the same post, I remember this, Val. In the same post, you said that the Stampa was a necessary sacrifice for such an amazing codex that that's the Orc true, Codex was. That. that was me rationalizing things after the fact. But that's why for, it never for like on. a year, basically since the eighth since eighth started, I've had pray for Stampa. Um, because I'm hoping that Sampa would, would be corrected, and it really wasn't, and it's still really crappy, and it's the coolest orc model that exists. But and you can I make it a warlord own... if you take three of them. <sighs> like, come on, guys. They were close to fixing the Sampa just with that detachment, if it was just a detachment and any Sampas in it get those rules. Like, that. boom. Like, Sampas are maybe usable? <laughs> <laughs> like, <sighs> and also Forge World, because... For whatever, because the the rules cutoff was so long, like like did not include orcs or whatever. Um, none of the forge world units were touched for orcs, and a lot of them need to come down. So things like like uh, the the big track, which was a which was a really cool vehicle in the index days, is now just like you never take it because it's as much as a battle wagon, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. No one really cares about what I'm saying here, but the point is that <laughs> I would love a phantom slash stealth. Um, update to chapter approved um, out of nowhere in the next week or even in the next couple months mm-hmm. um, to get the rest of eighth edition sort of on the same par as as the as the guys that were you know released and ready when chapter approved went to print. All right, well there you have it. 
Uh, Falcon, any last uh, Christmas wishes swooping in from the north? No, I think you guys hit pretty much everything that I would love to see. I mean, uh, if um, from a from a lore perspective, if GW actually released a book with the full story of the two missing Primarchs, I would fucking karate chop a baby. I'd be so oh, happy. Hold on, hold on. I know we're, that they'll never do that. We're but, talking about um, Christmas miracles, man, not not <laughs> impossibilities. Yeah, but man, I would be so excited if they did that. They they keep doing these things in these like horse heresy books where they'll kind of hint at something about the one or the other and I'll and I'll get really excited like cuz I'm a re- real big lore fan and uh and I'll just like get up on my haunches I'll be like they're going to do it. They're going to do it. Nope, they're not. They're they're just I think cock teases. That kind of that kind of a reveal would only happen like in an end time scenario where they're it's like true. legitimately about to reboot reboot the whole lore. edition. That's and what I, know. I thought Gathering and Storm was going to be. That's why I got so excited. When um when uh like and i know this because I've, I've like watched some interviews uh robbie mcniven he writes the uh he writes for gw now he writes uh the Carcharodon books and he specifically said that um there are things that they've just straight up told him like here's what's actually happening you're never allowed to say it yeah like and uh so you, you know it's going to be the same with like the primarchs and i think aaron dembski bowden did an interview where he said that where they were he was like i'd like to do something about the missing primarchs and they were straight up like no you'll never ever be able to say anything yeah, I think that was actually one in one of those interviews. Anyway, they were he was they were talking about advice to people who want to write for for Black Rabbit. It's like don't don't try and write the story of the two missing primaries. <laughs> you yeah. know, like yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Anyway, all right, all right, guys. Well, we're coming up on an hour, five minutes to an hour. Uh, you've been listening this whole time with bated breath, waiting for your opportunity at. Uh, chance to win a customized character model 25 millimeter to 32 millimeter now is your chance um before i tell you how you can enter um so some quick just to reiterate reiterate some quick quick dealios about it um it's everything's got to be within reason uh you know no crazy over-the-top customizations um it's just quite simply uh, a gift a tabletop plus painted character model uh customized for you for your army um paint scheme pick of your choice uh war gear options whatever you want um within reason and um that's pretty much it i just i want i want to i want to give you guys a model that that you guys will love and cherish um while also not breaking the bank um and also not some generic random Eldar model that you're never going to use. I want it. I want it to be a model that you'll use, um, and I want it to be a model that's unique. Uh, that you had a part in making it that I gave to you as a gift for being an amazing listener. Um, so that's kind of the dealio. Uh, I definitely will ship it internationally. Um, you know, shipping a model that small doesn't really cost a whole lot to ship internationally, even to the crazier places. Uh, I don't mind paying extra money to to get it if you're that person who living listening in Colombia, um, who you know also had that 30-person Colombian tournament. Yeah, I know that was you playing yourself 30 times or 15 times. Um, it's okay, man. But uh, uh, anyways, I will ship anywhere. Um, and then when you when you uh, win, I will email you and I will let you know uh, that you've won. And that's that. So can if you want to enter... Can podcast co-host enter the, uh, the challenge? Uh... I, I, I want to say no. I didn't. I, I thought about this long and hard. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no not. out of integrity. Uh, <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Um, don't know, let just, it, don't let the community say that Pablo does not have integrity. Uh, so so I, I'm gonna say no. And yeah, I give you guys so much already. Anyways, you guys, it's true. You get to yeah. hang with you all the time. <laughs> anyways, uh, if you want to enter, I know you guys have been waiting. Uh, if you want to enter, go on to frontlinegaming.org. And then go into the comments on Chapter Tactics number 95. This is going to be episode number 95. It'll be titled like the Christmas episode or something. Go into the comments section and say, Santa Calgar, I would like a model for Christmas. Or something to that effect. On top of your normal comments too as well. Um, Uh, We would also accept triple X Heffelmas. Triple X Heffelmas. Or Zamboni Pepperoni. uh, Santa Calgar. Something um, like that. You can also say, "Petey Pob, I want, I want the model for Christmas or whatever." Just something, something like that that shows you on Twitter. I'll be really lenient about it. Um, obviously, one entry per person. Okay, I, I want you guys it, to I got blow it, I got up. It, I got it. I got. It. I want 
Petey Pop, Zamboni, Pepperoni for Triple X Heffelmas. That's mm. the sentence. Oh, there we go. There we go. That's not <laughs> and even a Anyone who says sexual. that gets 1.1 <laughs> entries. Man, so you got a 0.1% more chance <laughs> to, to enter. Anyways, uh, all joking aside, just blow up that comment section, guys. I know there are thousands of you listening um, on the weekly. So uh, go into that comment section at frontlinegaming.org. Under Chapter Tactics number 95, all you have to do is register an email to comment with a username. So you enter your username at the bottom of the page, your email address. That's very important. Make sure it's a valid email address because I will need to email it to you. Uh, and then your comment, it won't show your email in the comments. You don't have to worry about that for anonymity sake. And then from there, I can, you know, I will find a winner. I'll probably get a, you know, number, random number generator spreadsheet, you know, make it all legitimate like uh, and then I will give one lucky Chapter Tactics listener a uh, customized model um, straight out of my pocket. Not literally out of my pocket. The model the model would not last. But you get what I mean. All right, guys. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays if you don't celebrate Christmas. And have a happy new year. You guys are the best listeners. It has been a wonderful year. I am looking forward to an exciting 2019. I do have some stuff planned for Chapter Tactics. Uh, this year we have added four co-hosts um, with a f- four co-hosts with a host, um, which which has been pretty exciting. And the four co-hosts have all done amazing jobs. Uh, and so, if you also want to go in those comment sections and shout out to all the co-hosts, Val, the Falcon. Sean and Jeff, uh, you guys have all been great, and we will see you all next year for the New Year's Eve episode, which is going to be pretty exciting. In the future. Ka-ka!